0: We're here to ignite your fire by highlighting the success and innovation of other movement professionals. This is the PT on Fire podcast.
1: Movement screens? Movement screens. So yeah, the, the question is, why should we have a movement screen, right? Right. Why do people not... Why is it okay to go to the dentist every six months, but it's weird to have a movement screen? What? Why is that a weird idea? Right. And really, let's maybe talk about what is a movement screen in the first place. And yeah.
0: What is it? You know, what, is, it, is it something that uh, there's a lot of them out there? And what, what are the good ones? What are the bad ones? What's really the purpose of the movement screen? And to me, I look at it as it's a scripted test that should look at how the body moves in in all different directions and how every joint, every muscle uh, is moving and and finding the areas of success and also finding the areas that maybe there's not success. And that allows us to kind of get a picture of the person as a whole and and find out where they are. You -hmm. know, And and it probably should look at mobility and it probably should look at stability.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I know we're, uh, both myself and Nick are huge fans of of the Gray Institute's new movement screen called 3D maps. And that's something that we all here took uh, the certification as a group and we've been applying to our patients and clients with lots of success. And, uh, but yeah, the frustrating thing is people just don't know about it. And, you know, the dentist, the model seems to be one that's very successful. Uh, You know, Ever since I can remember, uh, every six months I go to the dentist, and if I don't, they're bugging me, Mm -hmm. and there's not even a problem, right? I'm just going in to get my teeth assessed and cleaned, kind of like a tune-up, and then they they give me some clarification on maybe some areas of focus. In fact, I just went like three weeks ago, and I had a couple uh, teeth where the gums were – the the testing they did, there was a a couple bad – Look like depth measurements, and they said, you know, you really want to focus on flossing these two these two teeth more, and even maybe getting a gum massager because if you don't do that, then you're going to end up having some some issues, and you could possibly lose that tooth. And so that gives me some motivation, right? It's like, all right, well, it's not a problem right
1: now. It doesn't hurt. There's no issues, but I don't want to lose my teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think the dentists have they firmly believe that that if you come in every six months, you'll prevent a lot of things like what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you look at mechanics, they firmly believe that if you bring your car in for an oil change every, you know, three to 6,000 miles, uh, then your car will have a longer longer life. And then, um, you know, I, I really think that as PTs, we believe in the value of that too, but there just hasn't been the, I don't I don't know, there hasn't been the buy-in maybe um, or there just hasn't been an appropriate screen to be able to do that because, like you said, there's been screens around for a long time. But if we, you know, maybe didn't have the confidence in how to how to um, how to perform them on, on people, or if we didn't really truly believe in what they were trying to accomplish, that would that would make it tougher to to have the screen. But um, like you said, with the 3D maps, the Great Institute screen, I, I really think there's a lot of value to that. And it offers a, you know, like a quick five to 10 minute screen of literally the whole body and can just point out potential problem areas. And I think if we all kind of took a step back and thought about the last year, if we, you know, walking around or working out, we could all pinpoint a week or two or even a couple days where we've had random pain, like whether it's your ankle or your shoulder or your low back or your neck, just randomly. And when that stuff happens, that's just your body telling you, hey, something's not right here. Something needs to be addressed. Somewhere in the chain is, uh, is you could say, dysfunctional or isn't, isn't uh, functioning right. And so that's just, it's kind of little little warning signs. And you can't, we kind of just hold off and what we're doing for a few days. But that just doesn't go away. You know, and I think that's where the movement screen comes in. It can just quickly identify why that was there in the first place. And you can go after that. I think it's it's a really
0: great point. A lot of good points there. And it's amazing. I always think like us working around uh, lots of physical therapists, personal trainers, athletic trainers, uh, strength coaches, and it's amazing to think how much we have little nagging injuries, you know, occasionally throughout the year. And, and we're, we're trying a lot to be healthy and we are actively seeking that better movement, better strength yeah, we still have problems. And I'll imagine the, the general population who maybe isn't as active and isn't trying. I mean, I just can't imagine what that's like because I know how hard it is to maintain that as somebody with, all, with a lot of knowledge. And so, but, but I, I like what you said earlier where you, you were talking about the believing in the test, right? Or believing in the screen. And I think you're absolutely right. The mechanic believes in it. The oil change believes in it. The dentist believes in it. And, and there's research to back that up. And really, if you, if, you, if you dissect the most common movement screen that's out there right now over the past 10 years has been Gray Cook's um, FMS, functional movement screen. And when you look at the 12, I believe it's the, I took the certification years ago, and I believe it's the 12 tests that you go through, um, there's a ton of evidence and research to show that that test is, is reliable but not valid, meaning, meaning I can, I, I, you can take the test, I can do, perform the test, we could administer the test and there's reliability between testing procedures, but the, but the actual validity of that test um, showing that, that by improving the numbers of the scores on the movements does not translate into, into anything that would show us that there'd be a prevention of injury, which, or identification of a problem really is another key. Like maybe, maybe it's not even prevention of injuries, but it's identifying, is there a problem now? If you look at the dentist method, like, there's absolutely evidence that, like, they identify during their testing when you go to your teeth cleaning for areas of focus and problems. And so that's why I think I like 3D maps more because to me it's not only valid, but it's also reliable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's reliable and valid. And it it makes a lot of sense because you're looking at the body in the way that it's designed to move, which is upright. Uh, You're looking at the body in three planes of motion. You're looking at, um, you know, every muscle, every
1: joint in, mm-hmm. an, upper, in an upright position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cool part about that is, you know, and, and we've done screens, you know, periodically for different groups of people here. And recently I've gone to the, when I go to the Y and do it, you know, people come in and it's almost like um, they, they're intimidated. Like they hear the word screen and they think that there's all these computers and, okay, where do I, where's the camera or, or whatever. It's kind of like you it's this thing that's blown out of proportion, but really the cool thing about 3D maps is it's just your body and space, which is exactly how we move throughout our day, you know, to a T. We're just walking around through space. And so we're just assessing that. We're just assessing, um, you know, strategic. It it is a a test that shows, okay, how does your body move? Um, What are the biomechanics that your body should have if it's going to, uh, function efficiently and stay healthy. And it just looks at that. It's just um, some a few different motions uh, that that can identify that within five minutes. And so it ends up being something that's really simple and doesn't take a lot of time, but it identifies problems quickly and effectively. And it's interesting too, when
0: you think about <clears throat> why is it that it's not common? Why Why is it that People aren't doing this every single three months, every six months. Why isn't insurance paying for this? That's probably the biggest barrier is two things. One is n- us not believing in what we have to offer, which is a huge problem. When you look at the statistics, 140 million people last year had a diagnosis of a musculoskeletal disorder. There was 156 million prescriptions for pain medication, which is kind of crazy. That's, that's one mm-hmm. prescription per adult in the, in the, in the U.S., and only 40 million people had physical therapy. So, I think our whole profession has a problem believing in itself. But the answer to 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 this problem, this opiate, you know, this this pain medication problem and the marketing problem is to to get the word out about this ability to identify problems before they're problems or to quickly come to a solution to the problem. But really I think insurance companies have inhibited our ability to to get that message out because we feel like we're handcuffed. Like, mm-hmm. well, Mm-hmm. How much does it cost? Are you going to come in and do the screen? I mean, what yeah. what is it that you are going to pay? What what does somebody find valuable, as far as if you talk about money versus what they're getting, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because you know the nobody pays for your oil to get changed, nobody pay the dentist. Typically, insurance good insurance policies are usually fifty percent, mm-hmm. um, and then you hear you know the the whole healthcare reform conversation about preventative medicine. I don't know anything to be any better. In
1: musculoskeletal than taking somebody through a movement screen. Yeah, those those figures are, are crazy. What yeah. you just mentioned, and I'd like. Can you imagine how much money? It'd be cool to see how much money would be saved over the last ten years if PTs were thought of as just like chiropractors. So you throw your back out, so to speak, or you you do something, um, you know, wherever in your spine, and immediately you go to the chiropractor, and you make it. You get adjusted, and it probably will feel better. But I want to know how much money would be saved if people uh, went into a PT and identified not only the fact that your back is out, so to speak, but identified why your back, you experienced that in the first place. And it's almost like taking a step back and saying, okay, that just didn't throw itself out. Why, why did it do that? And, and, I, and I'm willing to bet there would be millions of, of dollars saved if people could go in and and experience that say okay maybe it wasn't my back's fault um maybe it was somewhere else in the body and i think that's more of a solution but you know than what there is now absolutely absolutely so I, i don't know what the answer is
0: but i think the answer is starting you know each physical therapist you know gaining the skills on how to perform this quick screen you know and and that's an interesting thing too because if you if you were to take all the physical therapists in our community. You know, how many of them could do a screen in five to ten minutes and come up with valuable information on where the dysfunction is? You know, and that's where I think we have to also have that triage mentality as we move into the future. So so going through the certification program, and, and here's a little plug. I'll, I'll say that, you know, if you go to thegradeinstitute.com, they have uh, they have the 3D maps information. You can get that there. I would highly encourage you to, to, to look at that because... We all need to have that, that thing we do quickly. Now, that doesn't replace our skills clinically like our, our, you know, our manual therapy assessments and our range of motion and our muscle testing and, you know, all the things that we know and we do on a daily basis. It doesn't replace that, but it's, it's how do you do that in a condensed way? Like people, if they're going to pay for this or if insurance companies are going to pay for this, it's not going to be the standard physical therapy visit. It's got to be more efficient, more valuable. You have to prove your value. And so it needs to be quick and it needs to be um, – well, in fact, I've been doing these. So so we've been having um, – here at Superior Physical Therapy, we've been having uh, workshops. We've had three of them now uh, once a month where we invite people in for a couple hours and we talk about low back pain. Um, and we have offered them – as a bonus for coming to this workshop, the ability to come in and get a screen and it's free. And so I've blocked off. I think one day I had like 23, uh, 20 minute sessions. So I'm doing what I normally do in 40 minutes or 60 minutes. In some clinics I've condensed it down to 20 minutes. And really, I think it it really needs to be condensed down into 10 minutes. But, but the idea is when I'm taking that 20 minutes, I'm screening them and I'm also trying to basically uh, show them the value of of what it would be like to be a patient so so there's there's that motivation there to spend a little bit more time but but if I had people that were lined up to just do a screen, uh, you know I can do that in ten minutes and I can get them some pretty valuable information. Um, so I would encourage everybody to
1: have that tool in their toolbox and and if you don't, you can go out there and learn it mm-hmm. yeah, who wouldn't want a quick hitter to to go after something like. You know, if you, if you think that there's a problem in the, in the hips, for example, who wouldn't want a quick hitter to just confidently look and have the patient? The best part is when, when we're doing the screen, the person can feel their limitations. Like a lot of times when we're doing it, they'll, they'll look up and say, Whoa, I, I felt that one. My right hip is not as stable as my left or my right hip is a lot stiffer than my left. And, and you can start kind of forming that relationship with them where they trust what you're saying because they can feel it as well as you can see it. And, and that's the cool part too um, so yeah, there's a lot of value to that you know and you I just
0: keep keep thinking about some of the interactions I've had the last couple of days with, with two people in particular and the statistic that rings true to me is in the last ten years, knee replacements have increased by hundred and sixty percent. That's a crazy statistic you know that's not that doesn't reflect the aging population so so that just tells me that surgeons are getting better at basically convincing people to have surgery. And we have an employee here who she she has an Achilles, a partial, actually she just has Achilles tendonitis and uh, no imaging. And the, the foot doctor has convinced her that she needs to have Achilles surgery, the podiatrist, and without physical therapy, without imaging. And, you know, just, just unbelievable that we wouldn't want to take that person through a screen to try to figure out, well, is it really an Achilles or is there something else going on? Maybe she sits at her desk all day and there might be something happening in her hips. Um, So that's one one interaction I've had that just blows my mind. And you can take it through a quick screen like we did here and find lots of things to work on that could be contributing to that stress in the Achilles. And then I just got a call from a physician yesterday who's got another physician who he's uh, recommending to come here, but who's been dealing with SI pain for over a year and and not had any physical therapy, not, not had any assessments. And the surgeon uh, recommended doing an SI fusion. And he's scheduled for one. And so his primary care physician called and said, gosh, I really, I know you guys do well with this. I'd love for you to just take them through a screen and see what you find. And, and this is, you know, thank, thank God for that guy stepping up and saying, go in and see these guys. But it, it's just a weird thing to me that, that we're not, we're, we're just not getting the word out. We're not, uh, we're not, I don't even want to call it marketing. We're just not believing in what we do. Yeah. And as a profession and and that's really what this podcast is about right it's physical therapist on fire is is about inspiring educating uh, and getting us all to stop being a commodity and believing in what we do and i think for me i mean i the movement screen has really helped us um go out to the community and actually why don't you talk about that you you've been going to the local ymca and you've been doing some great things
1: mm-hmm. yeah so so uh within the past you know three four months here we've I went to the YMCA and uh, just offered the offering their clients an opportunity once a month to come in for a screen. And basically what drove that was I'm a member there and I was I was there working out, um, you know, watching them work with the trainers and watching them just kind of observing people do their own thing. And and I can just see people kind of grab their shoulders, grab their back, grab their knee. Um, after doing exercises that that would be stressful on their shoulders, their knees, their hips, and all, and their neck, and all and all that, and I just felt a sense of uh, responsibility, and I was starting to get irritated. It's like, okay, why why don't these people have an opportunity while being here to know where they're limited and and just the opportunity to to address that themselves? And so I went in and uh, you know had a conversation with the wall instructor there, and he was totally on board so for the past three or four months we've been having the doing the screen once a month and and there's been you know each time there's been about you know 10 10 people or so that show up and just the the five to ten minute screen has been has been pretty valuable and each time the person leaves with not only knowing where they're limited but but hope that they they'll be able to continue working out continue moving without the pain they've been having And, you know, because I think everybody has that fear, Um, you know, they, if they are, if they don't know how to address it themselves, they have that fear when they're, when they're feeling that pain. Like, am I going to be, am I going to be limited in five, 10 years? Like I hear it all the time. Am I going to be in a, you know, in a wheelchair by the time I'm 70, you know, you hear a 50 year old say that just because that would be scary. They have no idea what to do about their pain. But, and so I think the, the five to 10 minute screen offers them that solution and it kind of puts the ball in their court. Like, okay, not only, and not only do we do the screen, but then the screen becomes the intervention because the screen shows where they're limited and where they may be in pain. And then from the screen, you can address, you can give them, you know, however many quick hitter, two to three quick hitter exercises that then address this limitation. And so they're getting not only the assessment, but then, okay, what do I do about it? And that's, that's where I think they, they find value,
0: too. Right. And, you know, if you go into the Y, this is a brand new YMCA, they have this uh, room that was donated, and it's an assessment room. And so you go into this room, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, and, and, and the, not to make fun, this is just, you know, my perception of what are people going to the gym for? I think there's two reasons. One is weight loss, and the other one is, is to be healthy and have pain-free motion. I mean, I think people want to keep moving to be pain-free. Um, And they recognize, you talk to them, they recognize that if they just sit around their couch, then it becomes harder and harder to move. So pain-free motion is one goal. Weight loss is the other goal. But if you look at the assessment room in the YMCA, they've got a treadmill, a bike, um, uh, calipers. So when you go in there, they do the Myers-Briggs, which is the treadmill, uh, or I'm sorry, the the biking test where they do, um, I'm thinking of the psychological assessment. What is it? Yeah, Um, the wind gate. gate. So they're going through these standard standard endurance protocols where they either have you uh, like a stress test which is has value to it and then they're also going to take it through measurements of your body fat um, which is that's their standard screen so then you come into the wise and new member you you pay for this screen too by the way this isn't a free service and um, you know now you you know that you're fat and that you uh, your endurance is terrible but but it, but you you doesn't tell you anything about your neuromusculoskeletal system how are you moving what are things you should do and shouldn't do and so I think in an environment like that, in every gym, there should be some form of, of, you know, here's where you started. Here's where we want you to be. And part of that needs to be an assessment of the musculoskeletal system. So it's not just in physical therapy clinics. I mean, but this is a great tool for us. This is a good thing for us to, to get back to the community to, you know, to, to help get the word out. Um, there's been some frustrations along the way, I think, you know, as far as, um, you know, getting the word out, the YMCA you know, having a little bit, um uh, being a little hesitant, letting us come in there. But, um, I think it's a great tool and we need to continue to do that and find more ways to, to contribute to the community. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because I see another example of a, a clinic in town. They go to the big marathon. There's like 4,000 people that come to the marathon, the, the Bayshore marathon in town here. And our main competitor, they, they set up, they're giving back the community. And the way they do that is they have a big tent with their logo and they have a bunch of tables and they're doing massage. So the problem I have with that is, is that what you're telling the community is that physical therapists are massage therapists. And in that 10 minutes of massage you're giving away for free, you're not helping them at all identify what their problem is. Why is your calf spasming? Why is your back spasming after you run? Mm-hmm. And Isn't that a cool time to take somebody through a Mm screen? You know, isn't that a great time? Isn't that something that you could do in that environment that would actually give them information versus just brand, you know, brand marketing Mm -hmm. um, and and really teaching people that we're massage therapists? And, you know, that's the big problem with our whole profession is that people have no clue what we do. And if we don't
1: fix that, we're going to be extinct. We're going to be a commodity. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there is a shift in the the thinking right now. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight, but you see it happening in the medical um, fields where there's starting to be more uh, physicians and more health practices that if somebody has high blood pressure, um, I'm reading more and more that people are have dietitians on staff or people nutritionists on staff. Like they're they're trying to identify the root of the problem versus uh, just going after the symptom of high blood pressure, and that's kind of like what you just said with with this. Uh, with the company that goes to the marathons, yeah, the person's calf might be uh, extremely tight after they ran or their, their, their low back's killing them. And yeah, a massage may feel better right then. But, um, you know, why why was it like that? You know, what was the root of the problem? Right. and 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 it's not something, but I do sense a shift in the thinking. And I think as we continue to shift our thinking to that, versus this kind of chasing around the pain and kind of like a you know where's Waldo type of thing you know we're, we'll 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 start to we'll start to become more efficient and and believe in it more ourselves in the value of finding the the root cause right right so, so really, the theme today is movement
0: screens. I want you guys to, to explore that. The Gray Institute has a great one. At some point here on our podcast, we're going to get the man himself, Gary Gray. Uh, he will be on our podcast, and hopefully we can get his take a little bit on the why behind the, the development of the movement screen 3D maps. And uh, also, as a freebie today, we are in the process, and, and we're going to attach to this podcast, um, a, part, a, a three-part series, um, videos, just quick videos showing you what 3d maps looks like now it's not a training module by any means it's just a quick uh you know quick video just to show you kind of what it looks like and how we use it um so if you're interested in doing that you know definitely uh go ahead and and click our our box here below the podcast for that freebie and we just want to thank you for joining us here on physical therapists on fire hopefully you're fired up after hearing this and you do something about it take action we're on fire thanks guys